It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. By trampling upon the helpless abroad with unchecked surveillance, Americans have learned by a natural process to endure with apathy the same at home. That's a timeless nugget of wisdom from Samuel Clements, a.k.a. Mark Twain. Countless times a day, I find myself cursing under my breath at the willful blindness and seemingly endless apathy of so many in the human race. And not just blindness and apathy, but a gleeful willingness to pretend that nothing's wrong so that they can justify their participation in the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute party until the last possible moment which now draws very near. For all those that don't yet realize it, or who aren't willing to face it, the party's over, and it's not coming back. And you can quote me on that. The age of man, known as the Anthropocene Epoch, is in its death throes. Those that roll their eyes and scoff at such a notion won't have the option of denial for much longer. Shortly, breaking reports on the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. You're listening to the weekly installment of the non-political, commercial-free, global alert news hour. This is installment number 342 of the Bad News Broadcast for February 26th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Facing bad news isn't about being pessimistic. It's an act of personal responsibility. Dire realities must first be faced before they can be changed. And that effort will take all of us. Time isn't on our side. Every day counts in this battle. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering, a.k.a. solar radiation management, cloud albedo enhancement. The science terms go on, but the bottom line is there's nothing benevolent about what's occurring in our skies. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, and most recently Sacramento, San Diego, and San Francisco. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach, i.e. our voice, in this desperate effort to sound the alarm. And about sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, titled The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share this documentary is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly from our homepage helps us to overcome social media censorship. And for our on-air listeners, there will be an extended version of this broadcast posted on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org, as there's just too much for me to cover in the on-air time slot. Moving on. The climate engineers are desperately whipping up winter weather whenever and wherever they can. But as the planet continues hurling toward total meltdown, the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations and the weather whiplash scenarios they spawn are becoming ever more obvious and destructive. Stay tuned for much more on that subject. There's an ever-growing excess of extremely dire frontline reports, enough to push many into bad news 
breakdown, and overload, a condition that must be held back, must be held at bay. We must fully face the wider horizon, no matter how dark, or we have no chance. And about just how dark it is, let's consider a snapshot of the overall picture before pressing on into bad news breaking headlines. Consider that the majority, who, even now, believe that the current paradigm is somehow magically sustainable, are considered, quote, normal. But are they? And if so, is so-called normal in any sense rational or sane? No. Any and all that cling to the notion that the behavior of the human race and our collective contempt for the planet is normal or natural are without reason. They are mad. As I've stated in the past, the collective behavior of industrialized, militarized societies is parallel with that of the Easter Island inhabitants, who, after decimating everything on their island, including the food supply, turn to cannibalism and merge this behavior with the Jonestown cult. How many have already gulped down the Kool-Aid without having any clue about what was in it? A few facts to keep in mind as we collectively plunge to the bottom of the abyss. 200 to 300 species of plant, animals, and or insects a day are going extinct. That's 15,000 times the background rate. Translation, a million and a half percent of normal, which is, of course, anything but normal. We've already lost over 70% of Earth's remaining wildlife populations in the last 40 years alone. At the current rate of loss, mathematically, statistically speaking, the zero hour for no functional wildlife populations remaining on our planet is 2026. That figure doesn't mean no wildlife at all, though that is also possible given unfolding scenarios on multiple fronts. The 2026 calculation refers to what is termed functional extinction of remaining species, i.e. not enough of them or their habitat for them to have any chance of avoiding extinction. The human race, for the record, faces the same fate. No habitat, no humans. Simple equation. A few more Wider Horizon fun facts while we're on the subject. Global plankton populations are down 60 to 70% and plunging by the day. Global pelagic fish populations, i.e. the food fish, are down 90%. Bluefin tuna, down 98%. Enjoy the toxic radiated fish dinners while you can. Global insect populations, terrestrial and aquatic, down about 80 to 90%. Forests are dying all over the planet. And what isn't dead is being incinerated. Climate engineering, a core part of that equation. Search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda to learn more about that connection. Many forms of food crops are collapsing in many parts of the world. The list goes on and on. The sand in the hourglass is rapidly running down. The planet can no longer support the weight of the human race. The global controllers, who are most responsible for crafting the current paradigm, are taking action at, quote, warp speed. And above it all, the climate intervention insanity continues. Next, this from CNBC and many other sources. Bill Gates says COVID risks have dramatically reduced. That's encouraging for the person who knew it was coming in the first place. Then Gates says this, but another pandemic is coming. From that report, 
Bill Gates told CNBC that the risks of severe disease from COVID-19 have, quote, dramatically reduced. But another pandemic, states Gates, is all but certain. Gates and Fauci always seem to know what's coming, don't they? I wonder why. That blank isn't hard to fill in for any that do objective research. Speaking at Germany's annual Munich Security Conference, Gates said that a potential new pandemic would likely stem from a different pathogen. Here's the direct quote from Bill Gates. We'll have another pandemic. It will be a different pathogen next time. The CNBC report then quoted Bill Gates as stating this, advances in medical technology could cut vaccine production times to six months. Wow, that's a relief, Bill. I feel so much better just knowing that. But are we allowed to investigate the facts that power structure controlled corporate media are hiding from us? Are we allowed to share what we find from our investigations? Short answer, no. From www.dhs, that's Department of Homeland Security.gov, from their website, this summary of terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. And here's an excerpt from the report under this heading. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories, they say, and other forms of mis-, dis-, and malinformation, which they put in the acronym MDM, introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. This Homeland Security report continues, These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction, to sow discord, and to undermine public trust in government institutions, to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, mass casualty attacks, and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances, pose an ongoing threat to the nation. Let's stop there for a moment. Consider what this is saying. That anyone who disagrees, perhaps because of honest, objective investigation, disagrees with the official governmental narrative, may now be considered a terrorist. And when this Department of Homeland Security report describes mis-, dis-, and malinformation, and of course, conspiracy theories, they're referring, again, to anything that doesn't conform with the official narratives and the official protocols. This report continues, while the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. One, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher education, racial and religious minorities, governmental facilities, and personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media, and perceived ideological opponents, and three, calls for foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the United States based on recent events. How in the world can they tie all this together? And is it in any way rational or reasonable for them to do so? No, it isn't, but it suits their purposes very well to connect those who disagree with official government narratives with the sort of violent offenders that they then name later and then connecting all of them as if it's all one and the same, which it obviously is not.
The train is completely off the rails. For those that don't yet get it, please pull your head from the sand and take a good long look around because you don't have long to do so before impact. How many still naively buy the lie that the criminal cartels who control governments actually care about them or the environment or life on earth for that matter? For those that remain completely committed to the matrix, facts that dispute their ideology and programming, no matter how credible and indisputable the facts may be, are psychologically screened out, ignored, and or denied. Further, any who dare to present unwanted and thus unaccepted information to the matrix-supporting minions are all too often then categorized as radicals. Why? Because those who question have the courage to do so, and those who blindly accept and then tenaciously cling to whatever they're told by the powers that be lack such courage. A message to many, though not all, of our brothers and sisters in law enforcement and militaries. How many among your ranks continue to play the part of enforcers for completely corrupt and criminally insane power structures? How many? About the Russia-Ukraine scenario, some foundational factors to keep in mind. What is unfolding is far more complex and with a far deeper and longer history than any mainstream media or official source will ever disclose. There are many layers. And never forget this. No matter what the open conflict may be, behind the scenes, all major powers are colluding and cooperating on core issues. CV-19 and the climate intervention operations are two primary pieces to the puzzle. It cannot be otherwise. All mainstream media sources, including Russian, Chinese, and certainly U.S. corporate media, are each pumping out their own versions of propaganda. Polarizing populations serves the controllers. It always has. Another point to remember, Russia has by far the largest overall reserves of remaining natural resources on the planet, a fact that is greatly coveted by other power centers. And about the nations that were looted, plundered, and pillaged for their resources under the false flag of getting even for the events of 9-11, which the plundered nations had nothing to do with, how many lies were we fed on that front? Another statement from Mark Twain, quote, the statesman will invent cheap lies, putting the blame upon the nation that is attacked, and every man will be glad of those conscience-soothing falsities and will diligently study them and refuse to examine any refutations of them, and thus he will by and by convince himself that the war is just and will thank God for the better sleep he enjoys after this process of grotesque self-deception. Mr. Twain saw through a very clear lens and nothing has changed. For the record, how many military bases does the U.S. have around the world in everyone else's backyard or on their border? About 800. How many countries has the U.S. military invaded, occupied, and or destabilized? Nearly 100 in as many years. Why? Was it to protect freedom and democracy? Or was it about the pursuit of resources for the empire? What do you think? Historical data paints a very clear picture for any that honestly examine the facts. 
And while pondering the former question, consider and remember, America is only 5% of the world population, but consumes 25% of the world's resources. Does any rational person actually believe that countries who are literally starving to death give us their resources because they love us so much? Really? Another question, should America take the log out of our own eye before we point the finger at anyone else? You decide. For the record, as I've stated in many previous broadcasts, my heart bleeds for the killed and injured U.S. military personnel. But if pity prevents us from honestly facing the facts, i.e. the past and present crimes of empire, we've made a grave mistake, which then dooms us all to constantly repeating the cycle, which is exactly what has occurred. What about the disaster capitalists? This headline from last week, from multiple sources, natural gas shipments from the U.S. eases Europe's energy crunch. So, it would seem that the Russian-Ukraine situation is, in fact, providing opportunities for the disaster capitalists. No surprise. This is always the case in scenarios of upheaval and conflict. The vultures circling the carnage. Next, this breaking report, same theme. Ukraine conflict could push grain prices higher worldwide. But is there more to the story? Absolutely. One must look past the headline to the wider horizon. As already mentioned in this broadcast, crops are collapsing around the world. Climate intervention operations are playing a core part in the equation. How convenient for the powers that be to blame Russia for the unfolding and accelerating food shortages that are due to countless factors of ecological collapse, with climate engineering again being a major piece of the puzzle. A reminder, this must always be kept in mind, that no matter what the visible tensions or disputes or conflicts between nations are or appear to be, behind the scenes there is collusion and cooperation, just as is the case with criminal cartels which, in fact, is exactly the case between so-called governments, which are, in essence, state-sponsored mafia syndicates. Nothing less. Never forget, biosphere collapse is the bottom line fueling the unfolding insanity on countless fronts. On that theme, new from Bloomberg.com, climate change seen as most worrying threat to global security. Is it in any way rational or reasonable to think that global power structures would sit around waiting for the population to ask them to try to tech fix their way out of the collapsing climate when in fact weather has been used as a weapon for at least three quarters of a century. Historical data proves that conclusively. And why would it be otherwise? Why would we think it would be otherwise? Why would we consider that the global power structures would not utilize a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees, even of their own countries, without those populations ever having any idea they were under assault. The crown jewel weapon of the military-industrial complex is climate engineering, and has been for three quarters of a century. Does the Bloomberg report include weather warfare in the equation? What do you think? Of course not. And speaking of which, for the fourth time in as many weeks, another engineered stripe of snow was orchestrated across the northern tier of U.S. Straits over the Great Lakes to pick up more moisture, which the weather makers continued to seed with chemical ice nucleating elements. And the whole toxic freezing mess ends up hitting Ottawa head-on. Again, four weeks, four nearly identical events. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. And now that Justin Trudeau's 
trained and obedient tyrants have broken up the truckers' protest, perhaps there'll be a break in the weekly bombardment of chemical ice-nucleated winter weather mayhem. And about those from academia that are doing their best to censor credible science data and testing that corroborates the climate engineering reality, the suing of Cornell and Caltech scientist Douglas McMartin, a legal update. McMartin has asked the court to dismiss my lawsuit because his attorneys say my legal action is interfering with his constitutional right to freedom of speech. Right. Welcome to our Orwellian world. Up is down, black is white, day is night. So consider, I was forced to take legal action against Dr. Douglas McMartin. That's spelled M-A, small c, capital M-A-R-T-I-N. Because he shut down years of geoengineeringwatch.org research, and thus the science debate, on the existence of ongoing climate engineering operations by getting geoengineeringwatch.org flagged or banned on Facebook. So how clear is this equation? Who has actually completely curtailed whose First Amendment rights? Who has actually tried to censor solid science data and testing on the subject of climate engineering operations? That blank's easy to fill in. Examine our full legal filing on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and decide for yourself. And for the record, our battle to expose the science censorship and tyranny and those who carry it out, in this case, Dr. Douglas McMartin of Cornell University in New York, is just getting started. Stay tuned. And again, for those that have not examined the full post of our legal effort, it can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Continuing with the self-extermination behavior of many in the ranks of the human race, this new report from many sources, humanity is subsidizing our own extinction. World spends $1.8 trillion a year on subsidies that harm environment, study finds. The report states, Research prompts warnings that humanity is, quote, financing its own extinction through subsidies damaging to the climate and wildlife. They continue, the world is spending at least $1.8 trillion every year on subsidies driving the annihilation of wildlife and a rise in global heating, according to a new study, prompting warnings that humanity is financing its own extinction. Yes, extinction. Not just for our species, but for planetary omnicide overall. And where have I heard that before? Exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org has been sounding the alarm about for a decade and a half. And finally... Some mainstream media sources are acknowledging what's unfolding, not because they have any interest in telling the truth, but because unfolding ecological collapse is now so severe it can no longer be hidden. And if $1.8 trillion in subsidies sounds like a lot, given to those whose business it is to loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute the planet, due to a lack of transparency between governments and recipients, the actual amount is unknown and likely much higher still. Industrialized, militarized society, as I've stated so many times, is a snake eating its own tail. And how much longer can such a process continue? We're all perilously close to being faced with the brutal, bitter answer to that question. Here's another headline from last week, same general theme, from Climate Science Press. Blade runners, wind industry illegally dumping discarded turbine blades across America. 
listening to this report, bear in mind the wind industry has been with us for barely 20 years, and most of the increase in occasional generating capacity has occurred in the last decade. And yet thousands of blades are being replaced on operating turbines or simply dumped where they are unshackled from the turbines that have already given up the ghost, i.e. no longer functional. Report continues, as an increasing number of landfills reach the bursting point, instead of paying for the cost of dumping these wind turbine blades legally, wind power outfits are piling them up in enormous heaps all across the USA. These are massive wind turbine blades. They're 60 meters long in many cases. You have to see these images of discarded wind generator blades to fully grasp the totality of this issue. And for those that are willing to face the very unsettling facts regarding the fallacy of so-called renewable energy, search and view and share the groundbreaking documentary, Planet of the Humans. Another headline, last week Time Magazine stated this, the U.S. military, quote, might never be sustainable, end quote. Wow, what an epiphany. Did it take a team of bought and paid for scientists to come up with that? For the record, Based on frontline biosphere collapse data, if the current trajectory of our species is not totally and immediately altered, in a few short years, no one will be here. Not an opinion, a mathematical and statistical certainty. And the best Time Magazine's so-called experts can do is tell us that the U.S. military juggernaut of resource consumption, pollution, and destruction, quote, might not be sustainable? Really? Also for the record, the U.S. military is the largest single source polluter on planet Earth. Don't believe me, look it up. Are the militaries of other countries any better? Of course not, they're just smaller. So they do a little bit less damage, at least for the moment, until people start pushing buttons and launching who knows what on who knows who. As a last resort, what will the power structure do when they're out of options? As biosphere collapses beat them to the intersection, they can no longer support their populations. Will triggering a nuclear exchange in some sort of desperate attempt to create a nuclear winter to slow down the planetary incineration, is that their last ditch option? We'll soon enough find out. For those that have just tuned in, you're listening to the commercial-free, non-political, bad news broadcast, Global Alert News, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. I'm your host, Dane Wigington. Not a job I wanted, by the way. I wanted to continue working in solitude, restoring habitat in the forests of Northern California, but those forests are literally dying by the day around you. And you know what's happening in our skies, and you know it's completely contaminating the precipitation, destroying the ozone layer, cutting off precipitation for the U.S. West, fueling wildfires, poisoning root systems, poisoning soil microbiome, and contaminating every breath you take. What is one to do? but to try to pick this baton up and carry it as far forward as you possibly can until your last breath, and that's exactly what I intend to do. Moving on, another headline highlighting the seemingly unshakable delusion of so many of the human race that refuse to face the fact that technology is not saving us from ourselves. It's pounding the final nails into our collective coffins. This headline, U.S. details $5 billion plan for electric vehicle charging network. What a great idea. Let's charge the so-called green electric vehicles with electricity created in a coal power plant. The report states the promise of a nationwide network of charging stations to serve drivers of electric vehicles received a major boost, with two federal agencies announcing nearly $5 billion 
that has been earmarked to support such infrastructure. They go on to say this, the U.S. Department of Energy and Transportation said the money will be made available under the new National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program. The report continues with this. The Senior Vice President of Political Affairs at the Environmental Defense Fund, the same Environmental Defense Fund that refuses to talk about climate engineering because they don't want to lose their 501c3. The Environmental Hypocrisy Fund was a more correct name for this group. But the head of political affairs at the EDF stated this, quote, building out a national network of charging stations will mean less pollution, more jobs, and cleaner cars. He then states it will also allow more Americans to skip paying at the pump by making electric vehicles a practical choice for more working families. Where do they think they're getting the electricity for these EVs? And how much environmental destruction is the installation of all these stations going to cause? It's all a total farce. The president has stated he wants 50% of all new vehicles sold to be electric or plug-in hybrid models by 2030. Good luck. Good luck, Joe. On the current trajectory, few, if any of us, will be here by 2030. And again, I don't care who rolls their eyes and walks away at such a statement. That's a mathematical, statistical trajectory. We face an equation that is unimaginably non-linear. And as Einstein stated, the greatest handicap of populations is the failure to understand what a nonlinear equation is. That must change. We have no chance for even near-term survival. So as Biden stated, he wants to have 500,000 new EV charging stations by the end of the decade. Let's stop and consider that. What a great plan, Joe. That'll fix everything, and we can all live happily ever after. Again, it's all psychotic delusion. Central banker printed money from thin air used to keep the wheels of insanity turning under the guise of falsely labeled renewable transportation, while tens of thousands of child slave laborers in the Democratic Republic of Congo claw holes in the landscape to find the elements used in the so-called environmentally friendly battery-powered EVs. Planetary Asylum. Next headline from last week, world leaders call for, quote, monumental transformation to tackle climate change. From that report, at the World Sustainable Development Summit, again, it's, it's an oxymoron, world leaders like John Kerry, the U.S. government's special envoy for climate, and many others assembled to, quote, chalk out a path towards a sustainable world. They stated, we have around eight years left to implement the 2030 agenda for, quote, sustainable development. This is all nothing but smoke, mirrors, and total delusion. We're through the guardrail. The notion that tech is going to fix it, we're all going to continue going to Disneyland and watching football games and getting Big Macs, total delusion. It's done. It's over. I would personally, I will personally be shocked if we reach the end of this year without our reality going upside down. What must be understood is at the moment in time that the totality and severity of what's unfolding can no longer be hidden from populations and populations realize that we are at the end of the road. At that moment, everything unravels. And those in power know that. That's why they're trying so desperately to feed the normalcy bias of populations. Just do this, this, and this, and your life will go back to normal. Good luck with that. Not going to happen. On the same theme, on the subject of total delusion from so-called academia, this report from scientist Paul Beckwith 
titled, Can We Use Solar Sunshades in Space to Cool Our Planet? Question mark. If you want to have a little more insight into such a proposal that we're going to somehow launch solar sunshades into space while we pretend that the climate engineering jets are not spewing toxic particles in our sky as a form of solar radiation management, then search and view this heading. Search geoengineeringwatch.org, debate, Dane Wigington, Paul Beckwith. There are two separate debates, an hour each. I think you would find them incredibly revealing as to the willful blindness of so-called academicians that throw out these kinds of proposals that we're going to build undersea walls to hold up glaciers, that we're going to put sunshades into space. How much of the public even entertains these proposals of total insanity? Technologically completely impossible with current technology, nowhere close. And yet, this kind of so-called debate continues and people entertain it as in any way viable and ignore the blatant glaring filth being spewed into our skies day in and day out, the delusional mindset of so many that seem incapable of facing the wider horizon. And such individuals believe they can build permanent sandcastles with the proverbial tidal wave about to break on our collective heads. From Yale University, this, climate-changed rainfall dampens economic growth. What a tragedy. Economic growth could be harmed by a collapsing climate system, collapsing global ecological systems, which if they remain in the current course, no one will be here. And how much will economic growth matter at that point? And how easy is it to figure out that you can't perpetually expand and consume on a finite planet with finite resources? And how hard can it be to figure out that, of course, those in power are going to attempt to engineer the climate because they can, because they know they can do anything in plain sight, because all they have to do is officially deny it, and so much of the population will gulp that down and go about their lives as if nothing's wrong, as if they can't see the atrocities in our skies. Next headline, from many sources, drought worries return after driest January and February in California history. And again, keep in mind, we're already in the worst drought in at least 1,200 years, based on paleo data. I would argue it's much longer still if the data was accurately summarized. The report continues. State officials are warning of dire water conditions ahead. They say there's no precipitation forecasted through the remainder of February, and there's very little precipitation in the long-range forecast for March, end quote. This is the scheduled weather. The climate engineers can continue to cut the flow of precipitation off to the U.S. West, to California, to other parts of the world for as long as they want. They control the spigot. Please, anyone listening to this broadcast, please search geoengineeringwatch.org, Engineered Drought Catastrophe Target California. Look at this presentation from so many years ago and see how completely accurate it was. Because it wasn't speculation. It was based on data. It was based on trajectories. It was based on what we knew about climate engineering operations. 
Next headline from the TorontoStar.com. Climate forecasters warn of a, quote, global wildfire crisis, end quote. The report states a landmark United Nations report has concluded that the risk of devastating wildfires around the world will surge in coming decades as climate change further intensifies what the report described as, quote, a global wildfire crisis. They continue. The scientific assessment is the first by the organization's environmental authority to evaluate wildfire risks worldwide. They then say the images from those fires, cities glowing under orange skies, smoke billowing around tourist havens and heritage sites, woodland animals badly injured and killed, have become grim grim icons of this era of unsettled relations between humankind and nature. Final excerpt in this report, the heating of the planet is turning landscapes into, quote, tender boxes. That's a statement from the report, which was published by the UN Environment Program. To be clear... It cannot rain less overall on a warming planet unless there's a factor we are not being told about that is curtailing that rain. And that factor is climate engineering. And the fact that climate engineering would cause this kind of devastating drought is not disputed by anyone in the science community. What they deny is that it's ongoing already. They admit that if they did it, as if we can't see it in the skies day in and day out, that it would cause this type of drought, but then they deny that it's ongoing even though Anyone that's not clinically blind can see the climate engineering atrocities in our skies. In regard to their describing the coming wildfires in the decades moving forward, a ridiculous notion, again, on the mathematical statistical trajectory, we won't be here in the coming decades. We won't be here at the end of this decade. And that conclusion is not even taking into account the likelihood at some point of a global nuclear weapon exchange and the inevitability of the meltdown of 440 nuclear power plants around the globe as society collapses and there's no one there to cool those plants. In regard to the wildfires and their connection to climate engineering, please take the time to search the engineering wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org on the top toolbar and also search, again, one of our most important reports, Wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. That's how bad it is. That's how desperate they are. Next report from the New York Times from last week. Listen carefully. Sea ice around Antarctica reaches a record low. That's exactly the kind of headline that the power brokers and the climate engineers don't want you to see. And it's tucked somewhere within the pages of publications like the New York Times. It's certainly not being trumpeted on corporate media. The report states the drop surprised scientists and may help them understand more about climate change affecting Antarctica and its waters. Why did it surprise them? When at geoengineeringwatch.org, we have stated for the entire length of our existence, a decade and a half, that what we're being told about the climate is in fact not true. In fact, it's far worse than anything we're being told. And now again, as we stated the entire length of our existence, that there would come a point when they could no longer hide the severity of what was unfolding. And at that point, we would see headlines like this. And that's exactly what we're seeing. In regard to the world's rapidly disappearing ice deposits, please don't believe me or anyone else. Believe what you can see with your own eyes. Take the time to view the internationally award-winning non-political documentary film, Chasing Ice, available online. The film footage will shock you to the marrow. Next headline, AccuWeather's 2022 spring forecast. AccuWeather's team of long-range forecasters, they're not forecasters. Let's be clear on that. They're script readers. 
led by senior meteorologist Paul Pastelock, has been analyzing weather patterns around the globe to make a forecast for the oncoming months. Pastelock says, quote, there's going to be some type of setback as we head into either late March or April, meaning that cold air will once again chill the regions. How in the world would he know this when these guys can't even get the script right one day in advance, even hours in advance, but somehow he knows that this is going to occur a month in advance? He continues, mid-spring cooldowns will bring the potential for frost and freezes about one or two weeks later than normal. That'll kill a bunch of crops, won't it? Surface freeze with chemically ice-nucleated elements, potentially impacting when farmers and gardeners decide to plant for the season. That's exactly what I've been describing. It's happening with far too much consistency all over the globe. At critical points in the planting, growing, farming seasons, these flash freezes occur, slaughtering the crops, slaughtering the citrus crops in Australia. Just did immense damage in Northern California, certainly has not surfaced or not assessed yet, but it's happening all over the globe. Drought or frosts or fires, but all of it connected to climate engineering. That is not to say we wouldn't have any problem without climate engineering. I've never said or even insinuated that. We've laid waste to the planet in the geologic blink of an eye. There are repercussions for that, but the bottom line is the entire planetary climate system has been totally derailed by climate engineering operations. It's an out-of-control train at this point. AccuWeather's senior meteorologist, Paul Pastelock, again their senior script reader, continues with this. The extended spells of chilly air will not come alone. The return of colder air will open the door for snowstorms to deliver plowable snow over the northeast. So how does Pastelock know that even more snowstorms with moisture originating from the record warm Gulf of Mexico, theatrically named, on schedule, every week, he knows this will continue because he's reading a script, a script passed down ultimately from Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, who do the weather modeling for the nation's weathermen. They pass the script to the weathermen because Lockheed Martin and Raytheon are neck deep in climate engineering operations, so we have the foxes running the hen house from the top down. Pastelock added that there could even be a snowstorm or two during April, again as if he would have any idea, without climate engineering being the core factor in this equation and without him reading the script he is given by those who are actually orchestrating the weather. That is exactly what is occurring here. People like Pastelock need to be sent links to the dimming and asked to explain why they're not discussing this issue. There could also be, Pastelock says, a higher than normal risk of ice jams and flooding, particularly across the Midwest. That's because we have the weather or the temperature whiplash scenarios where we have the chemically nucleated material sitting on the ground and we have temperatures of 80 degrees the next day or the day after. The planet's in total meltdown. The climate engineers are doing everything they can to mask the totality and severity of that meltdown from the population to the last possible moment. And these engineered snowstorm scenarios with sensationalized headlines and disinformation actors that cover the tracks of the climate engineers like Pastelock, like all the disinformation actors at the Weather Channel. Their job is to mask the climate engineering operations from the public for as long as possible. He further states the early part of the severe weather season could get going quickly. Pastelock then warned, adding that the first severe weather outbreak could unfold as soon as late February. It's already happened. It never stopped. 
the April 22 prediction is more than double the number of tornadoes that were reported last April. This is the scheduled weather, period. The controllers are ramping it up on every level, from every direction. The noose is being tightened, is it not? How about this headline of weather whiplash? Boston, 70 degrees to snowstorm in 24 to 36 hour time frame. Think about that. There's even more extremes. Amarillo, Texas, May 1st, 2013. This is as extreme as it gets. 100 degree all-time record high in the ground. It snowed the next day. Anyone who thinks that that's nature needs to rethink their reality. And what now commonly comes with the engineered winter weather mayhem? Thunder snow, thunder sleet, and snownadoes. Welcome to the Planetary Asylum. From CNN, Storm Eunice, this is in the UK, blows off rooftops with the highest wind speeds on record. It's in England, as I stated. Wind speeds of nearly 200 kilometers per hour were recorded. Back in the U.S., theatrically named Winter Storm Oakley is the latest creation of the climate engineering cabal. About climate engineering and rainfall, both drought and deluge scenarios are being radically increased. Again, climate engineering, crown jewel weapon of the controllers, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. And this is not even taking into account the toxic fallout. Aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, and now we know graphene. All of these elements are highly toxic in and of themselves. When you combine them, you get a scenario called synergistic toxicity, in which the overall toxicity can increase, in many cases, dozens of times or more. Very lethal scenario. And since we know that graphene oxide is used for a biological carrier, what else might be in this mix? How can we know? For the record, it can't rain less on a warming planet without geoengineering, or until the planet has warmed to the point when the hydrological cycle ceases to function. The first factor is and has been the core of the epic droughts and forest incinerations. Once the second factor becomes a part of the equation, it's game over. Let's rewind to this report from last week, and then we'll get to what came next. Rapid warm-up for central eastern U.S. early in the week. This report states a dramatic surge of temperatures is in store for the central and eastern states over the weekend into early next week. Some locations are expected to observe temperatures ranging from 30 to 40 degrees above last week's temperatures the week before. So here's the point. What came after this temperature whiplash warm-up? Here's what came. Just the kind of sensationalized headline the weather makers are after. Gigantic winter storms spreading heavy snow and ice across 1,800 mile stretch of the U.S. We've seen a number of this exact type of headline this winter, completely engineered, fed by moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. This report states the second major cross-country storm of the week was spreading snow and an icy mix across parts of the southern plains after impacting parts of California and the southwest with heavy snow earlier in the week. A short burst of frozen material fell from the sky on Tuesday in Northern California after much of January and February was in the 70s and 80s. Again, everything blooming, and now the moisture was nucleated as it passed over us. All I could hear in my secluded forest home in Northern California, what's left of the forest, was a constant parade of jets that never ceased flying over this moisture. 
We don't live at the end of an LAX runway. They're seeding those clouds with chemical ice nucleating elements and this very unnatural cold air descends to the surface. And that is their goal, to create the illusion of a short burst of, quote, winter with these toxic operations. At the cost of a worsened overall warming, by the way. Next headline from last week. Major ice storm may hit part of central U.S. hard. It has done so. The report states an ice storm began to unfold from central Texas to central and eastern Oklahoma to central Arkansas Tuesday night and continued to develop Wednesday. Temperatures have plummeted in dramatic fashion. Again, this is the winter weather whiplash scenario over the southern plains after May-like warmth was felt at the start of the week. For example, after a high of 77 degrees on Monday and 62 on Tuesday, temperatures at the start of Wednesday were hovering in the mid-teens at Wichita Falls, Texas, with sleet falling under thunder booming and lightning flashing overhead. I went over this earlier in the broadcast. Thunder snow, snow nados. We live in a total asylum at this point. Temperatures were 30 to 40 degrees below January levels. The weather whiplash scenarios. And why am I focusing so much on this? Because this is a major part of climate engineering operations that no one but geoengineeringwatch.org is trying to bring to light. Why not? Why not? Because it conflicts with those who think they're telling the truth or want to pretend they're telling the truth about everything that we face. But yet in this particular arena, because the truth doesn't fit their ideology, their notion that we can burn fossil fuels forever with no consequence, so we can loot, plunder, and pillage the planet forever with no consequence. Therefore, they don't want to acknowledge the fact the planet has been decimated. It's in total meltdown. And these cooldowns are not nature. They're climate engineering. But they don't want to acknowledge that because it conflicts with their ideology. So there's more than enough denial on every side of the fence to go around. We need to look through a clear lens. We need to acknowledge what is actually occurring where we have no chance of changing it. Bottom line, engineered winter weather mayhem is a core part of climate engineering operations that must be brought to light. Please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. This report continues, the ice storm will expand, which can not only bring significant damage to trees, but also trigger widespread power outages as well. There can be pockets where a half an inch to three quarters of an inch of ice can accrue on trees and power lines, which could result in major damage and long-lasting power outages. Understand that when they're chemically nucleating this far above freezing moisture out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico, there is now always an ice storm transition zone where those nucleated materials and the water that they're saturating reaches the surface of the planet before it sets up. That's what's happening. Further into this process, frozen material begins to fall in many forms, but it is not naturally nucleated frozen material. The report continues, as the ice begins to expand northeastward, snow and slippery driving conditions will develop, they say. Cold air will follow the storm. The cold air is from the nucleating elements. The super slippery snow is because of these surfactants that are a part of the mix. We're not guessing. We've tested this material. How many mortalities will that cause? And what would the public do if they understood the totality of what's being done to them? All right, let me, let me back up on that last statement. What would the public do if a higher percentage of the public summoned the courage to face the totality of what's being done to them? Because it's not hard to figure out for anyone who has the courage to honestly investigate and fully face the truth. The problem actually lies in the fact that too few have the courage to abandon ideology, preconception, and bias, do honest research, face the truth, and act accordingly.
that's what it means to be truly awakened. Not just to know, but to respond accordingly. A few more of last week's headlines, sensationalizing engineered winter weather mayhem. This, thunder sleet, question mark. Rare winter weather mix rumbles across southern plains. Not rare anymore, not when they're intervening with the climate system at this level on a planet in total meltdown. Going to see this commonly in the massive hailstones because the nucleation process has started far sooner because it's being artificially nucleated. Massive hailstone damage. And why aren't the insurance companies responding? I covered that in last week's broadcast. Certainly because they are receiving infusions through the back door to keep their mouth shut. That's what's happening. Another headline. Again, last week, extreme weather whiplash. How many times have we said that at geoengineeringwatch.org? 50-degree temperature swings across the country. That's the headline. The report states a surge of spring-like warmth greeted many areas across the United States this past week, providing a break from the winter weather. The short-lived warmth was quickly erased by a dangerous storm, they say, always sensationalized terms, that churned out tornadoes and record-breaking snow. This is nothing like the historical weather scenarios that have occurred. Sub-zero temperatures and even lower AccuWeather real field temperatures, and I've been over this before, they commonly will show a map with a little label in the top corner that says real field temperature, so people don't know that's a windshield temperature, and they think it's actually much colder than it is. That's why they do that. Another warm-up, they say, is settling into parts of the northern U.S. On Friday, residents are experiencing weather whiplash. Their term, not mine, although we've used that term at geoengineeringwatch.org for a decade prior to it now being picked up because they can't hide it anymore. Another headline from last week, snow to spread across the west as temperatures plunge. Same thing, up and down. The roller coaster of winter weather whiplash. Yet another headline from last week, I'm going to beat this horse to death because this point needs to be driven home. This aspect of climate engineering. From last week, train of storms to traverse central U.S. with snow and wind. Listen, read between the lines on this. AccuWeather meteorologists warn that the stormy pattern is likely to persist across the central and eastern U.S., dishing out another wave of everything from snow, wind, and rain. Again, the warm side of the so-called winter storm and the cold side of the so-called winter storm. They say snow is expected to start across Wyoming, the Dakotas, before spreading into Colorado and the upper Midwest through Tuesday. They say then this. This is a multi-phase event where several pieces of energy in the atmosphere will stretch out across the country to make the storms far-reaching. This is an explanation from AccuWeather meteorologist Joseph Bauer. We should send Joseph a link to the dimming and ask him to explain why they're not addressing that issue. Joseph states, a small stripe of icy conditions are possible from northern Missouri into southeastern Michigan. In this zone, Mr. Bauer states, precipitation may start as rain and change over to ice and then end as snow. Exactly the process I have described on this broadcast and for many years prior to this broadcast over and over and over. Chemical ice nucleation operations can turn to a freezing rain, eventually to snow. And now the, quote, cold side of the winter storm where the frozen material falls has nothing to do with elevation. As I brought up on this broadcast before, a satellite image we captured and some media covered of a stripe of snow across flat topography in Kansas that was 10 miles wide and 150 miles long. And we're to believe that's nature? No, that's a jet aircraft dumping his payload across storm moisture, leaving a stripe of frozen material on the ground. And meteorologists continue to pretend that this isn't going on. They then say the snow is likely to create 
slippery conditions on roadways. Been over that again and again, and let's add this headline to that. This is another headline from last week. More than 100 vehicles crash in pileups amid mammoth winter storm. Now let's cover part of the puzzle that almost none yet know of or understand. Above the chemically nucleated surface cooldowns, temperatures continue to skyrocket. On that note, private jet pilots who fly some very well-known individuals sent a message to Jeff Rince from Rince.com Thursday of last week. The pilots asked Jeff to forward the message to me, which he did. Thank you for that, Jeff. Here it is. Good morning, Jeff. I hope all is as well as it can be. I have something you might want to run across Dane. Yesterday, we flew Scottsdale to Jackson Hole, San Jose, Palm Beach, and it was pretty rough all day in the West. Here's the issue to run by Dane. The temperature was the highest we have ever seen in the upper 30,000 foot elevation and at 40,000 foot elevation during the winter. I am talking 20 degrees centigrade above the standard temperature. I've attached a picture from my primary flight display, which they also sent to me. That's nearly 40 degrees Fahrenheit above what the temperature should be. And this is what meteorologists are not acknowledging and the controllers are doing their best to hide from populations. And as I've stated in this broadcast before, other pilots, also private jet pilots, former military, contacted me directly to state that their private jet off the Pacific Northwest coast was put into an automatic pilot forced descent from above 40,000 feet because the air was so warm. Again, 40 plus degrees Fahrenheit warmer than it should have been. The air was not dense enough to hold that aircraft up and it was put in an autopilot forced descent. That's how bad it is. Can't hide this for much longer. I want to stress that point. The severity of what's unfolding can't be hidden for much longer and expect the power structures to be more desperate and dangerous than they have ever been before. We warned about this at geoengineeringwatch.org for the entire length of our existence that when this point came, power structures around the globe would play their cards and indeed they are. To cap off this broadcast, I must again focus on the methane monster. This recent headline, to counter global warming, focus far more on methane, a new study recommends. How long have we stated the danger of methane at geoengineeringwatch.org? And this is not methane from cow flatulence. This is formerly frozen methane hydrate and clathrate deposits, terrestrial and seafloor deposits. This report states, scientists at Stanford have concluded that the EPA has radically undervalued the climate impact of methane, which they have called, quote, a short-lived climate pollutant, by focusing on a 100-year metric for quantifying global warming, which is bad enough. This report states, over a 100-year period, methane is 28 times more potent than carbon dioxide as a greenhouse gas. However, over a 20-year period, a yardstick that climate scientists have previously suggested would be a more appropriate time frame, obviously. Methane is 81 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Let's up that scale even more. Over a 10-year time horizon, methane is 120 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas, i.e. it lets heat in but not out. It's like covering the planet with a layer of glass. Let's up that scale even more. Over a one-year time horizon, methane can be seven, eight, even 900 times more potent than CO2. We don't have 100 years. We don't have 20 years. We don't have 10 years. 
It's here now. It's kicking in the front door now. Power structures know it. They are more desperate and dangerous than ever, as I've stated. Again, global power structures are acutely aware of the planet's failing life support systems, acutely aware of the fact that the planet can no longer support the massive weight of our species. Those in power have done the most to contribute to the recipe of near-term self-annihilation. Yet, they still believe they have the right to decide who will live, at least for a while, and who will not. And the epitome of human insanity, the epitome of human destruction and decimation to the planet's life support systems are the ongoing climate intervention operations. How long do we have? Who can answer that question with any certainty? What is certain? This, that what is in our power, in our control, is that we, each of us, have the personal power to exercise our will honorably, virtuously, i.e. to do what's right because it's right, not because we're guaranteed a happy ending, but because we accept we are here for a purpose. The Creator knows where we're supposed to be and when we're supposed to be there. Each of us, all of us, are desperately needed to play our individual parts in this epic effort to fully expose the cancer of insanity that has taken control, that by our collective efforts, we may have a chance of turning the tide. And if we can do so, that some may make it through what's coming. This is our part in the play and worth fighting for with every fiber of our being until our last breath, never yielding to the unfolding darkness, standing against the gathering storm no matter what. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the first and most important leap forward in this fight. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can help. Please, please make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.